0: be joined by Taylor Curran. She is a sales engineer at Prefect, and she's going to tell us what that means. She's also an alumni of the Bloom Tech program. Bloom Tech is our newest partner, and they're helping people launch into tech careers. And we're going to dive into all that, but let me just welcome Taylor.
1: Thank you so much, Joel, for having me.
0: My pleasure. So... Okay, I'm gonna get your backstory about where you were. You finished college a few years ago, and then you went into Bloom Tech. But first, we just like, what is a sales engineer?
1: Great question. I was not aware of what a sales engineer was when I was applying, uh, but I was told by a friend that I might be able to get the role, and you know, just to check it out. So, um, throughout the interview process, I learned a bit more about what the job was, and basically, what sales engineering entails is. The company I work for is a company called Prefect, and essentially um, we're for those of you that are more technical, you know, we're very, it's a very technical product. We're essentially like a framework that helps you, a coding framework that helps you build data pipelines. So it's very like data engineering heavy, heavy, um, and like pretty much everyone that knows what Prefect is, is full stop like a Python developer, right? And like I even worked as a Python developer for over a year. And still, never got to the level of like knowing what data orchestration was. So most of the people that know what Prefect is, they're very like they they're experienced Python developers. And so, if you imagine a sales process with this kind of a product, you will need to have um, some technical person that is willing to sort of think with their commercial brain, but then also speak to these engineers um, about the value of the product. And answer their questions and their concerns about you know how the product works. You know someone you you want to have someone that can do both of those things, and so that's where sales engineering comes in. And so right. I'm learning a lot about lots of different data engineering problems and solutions, et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's, it seems like a great example of like how a career can organically unfold, and you don't necessarily even what you are doing ten years from now might not even exist yet, right? That's what we we, right. we like to say, like the world, especially in tech is evolving so quickly that these types of things come into place, and you as an individual get to have that adaptability and that growth mindset to to learn as you go but hey let's let's go let's go back to like two thousand nineteen, you finished a college degree, right? And Correct. and then you soon after dived into to Bloom tech. and I'm really curious about take us back to that moment when you first heard about Bloom Tech. And what your first response was, or your first reaction to to that value proposition? Because you know we kind of we kind of poke fun, if you will, at college degrees as like not really the thing to actually get you the, the skills or the, the mindsets to to create value in the marketplace. And that's one of the, the problems that that Bloom Tech is solving by making this really real world applicable and also backing that up with with, uh, you know, tuition, tuition back type guarantee, right? Um, to get a right. job and all that stuff. And so it's, whereas a college degree doesn't, doesn't give you any, any sort of uh, incentive like that. And so I'm just curious okay. about that, like that period when you made that switch from college grad to Bloom tech and what that was
1: like. Good, good question. Yeah, I was, um, so I was one of those people that towards the end of my college career, like I didn't have a great resume. Um, I didn't have a great GPA, you know, like I just, my prospects weren't super great. Like I had a few, but I knew that like the types of jobs, like the more I had learned about my industry as I had gone through my like degree, the more I realized like, it's not the industry I wanted to end up in. So I was one of those people that towards the end of my college career, I, I was studying like uh, in this, this major called industrial distribution, but towards the end, I was like, I really don't have a plan when I graduate. So I heard about Bloom Tech from a friend, and I was a bit skeptical when I first heard about it. But um, I would go to like tech conferences around my university. And typically, if you just say you're a student, they'll kind of let you in for free. And I would go and basically ask people like, hey, like, would you hire someone from this place? Um, you know, what type of skills are you looking for? And um, I, I felt like I got enough background um, to give it a shot. And then also because it was so like, like, I I knew I could try Bloom Tech for, like, a month and then, like, totally walk away without any issue. So I decided to give it a shot. And I was actually doing, like, I was doing my first Bloom Tech courses while I was studying for finals. So I completely, like, overlapped them slightly. And then as soon as I finished university, I was, like, full into Bloom Tech Living at my parents' house and like getting that done. Because I knew I knew that like I had learned a little bit about the tech industry and it was like, this sounds more fun than like whatever job I was gonna be doing in industrial distribution in Houston, Texas. So, um, yeah, so I got started and, and that's how I kind of walked into it.
0: Yeah, so you didn't really necessarily have any training in specifically in data science, coding, yeah. so forth, but you you knew that you didn't want to do this industrial type thing.
1: Right. And I had read enough about tech to, and it's particularly like I started reading articles about digital transformation, which is a bit of a buzzword. And it's almost like a buzzword in the non-technical world. But I read enough to realize like no one could quite crack the code. Um, And there's a lot of weirdness in like using data in an organization. Like there's just, I could tell that even from the outside. And so just, and then, you know, like I actually, like I did, I would go to tech conferences and speak and like, they were like, yeah, trying to make data work in an organization is super weird. We were really excited to hire anyone that's willing to, to, to tackle that challenge. So um, it was kind of that weirdness that intrigued me along with the fact that like, I figured it would be a ticket out of like kind of a boring career.
0: So was that at all intimidating, however, to enter a brand new domain
1: it really was. Um, I had learned to speak another language through immersion a few years before then, and I kind of thought about it in that way. I was like, I'm just going to jump in um, and see if what I pick up um, as I go. And essentially, it, it, I remember thinking, like, this is harder than learning a human language. <laughs> like, learning <laughs> a human language, like, there's definitely like parts of your brain that are, are there to help you adopt a new human language. But there is not so much like a natural part of my brain that felt like it was like grabbing onto concepts. It was actually, I found it to be very, very challenging, but while you guys know already, I was not a great student at university. Like I found that Bloom Tech gave me the space to kind of just kind of go at my own pace. And like Bloom Tech treated me like an adult. And they were like, we trust you to kind of be invested here. And um, that really, really worked for my style of like learning. And um, it was very, very collaborative. So that was, I think, um, where I started to uh, kind of like. While it was incredibly intimidating and like actually very, very challenging to get, like you, there's you're just constantly feeling confused, right? Because that you're, you know, like I I remember our teachers would say, like the confusion that is your that's your job security. If you're willing to sit in that confusion, you know that other people are going to be. You know, run away from that confusion. And if you can just sit with it, that means that there's a job out there because most people can't do that.
0: That's pithy. The confusion is your job security. And that really highlights the the, the essence of soft skills as perhaps even more important than art skills. The CEO of, of Bloom Tech, I've interviewed him and he, he uh, was on our podcast as well a few years ago with our founder, Isaac, and he was talking about what employers want for an entry-level position, and she was talking about really about being, the willingness to learn and that if you have a trajectory of that growth mindset, company is investing in you. right? So they're not expecting you to be fully dialed in with these hard skills. And so the soft skills are as important, if not more important, Actually, 92% of, of hiring managers will say soft skills are as important or more important. So, people tend to who are thinking about career change, thinking about breaking into tech, but they don't have any, any of the background, suppo- supposedly, right? And the exact hard skills, I think will often uh, sell themselves short, downplay their ability to go break in. But really, it's, I can't say it enough. But <laughs> I say it all the time like the, your, your skills are more transferable than you think, meaning your soft skills in particular, at whatever you've done, even if your only background is is uh, babysitting when you were seventeen like you have you have some grit because you had that experience and and so my point here coming off of that that confusion idea is like that's the job security and the willingness to to lean in to that type of moment. that's the muscle you're flexing, right?
1: One hundred percent and another interesting point to like what you're saying, and this was something that like the, I remember the career coach like my career coach at Bloom Tech, you would tell me yeah, like they're looking for soft skills. They just are wanting to find someone to that's willing to learn. And I was like, sounds like such BS. It just didn't, I didn't believe her, but yeah. it was so one of the things that you'll do in Bloom Tech is what, you know, like they'll introduce you to this concept of pair programming, which is basically where like I am trying to code and then I hit these error messages and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to try. Like, and then you get on a call with someone and then like you walk through it together. And this is, very common across like in in the professional developers are constantly like pair programming um even the best developers right it's like a very like standard practice and um it's a lot of the time like you're hopping onto a call and someone's like I don't know what to do and then you're like I don't know either but you usually like there's a magic to it and when I was doing my technical interviews and where I got my first job as a developer um they said you didn't know a lot of the stuff, but we could tell that you had a lot of experience pair programming. Like you were very mm. calm and you were very able to kind of like think about things and you were having fun with it. And they were like, you just, it looks like you're comfortable pair programming. And that's why they wanted to hire me. Not because I like excelled at the technical portion, if that makes sense. Yep, so I think yep. ditto to what you're saying for sure.
0: So so you took the data science course at BoomTech. Tell us what data science is. In like, if you're explaining to a fifth grader, what does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and it's a really hard thing to define, but like the way I would say it, the way I would talk about it is um, I would, you know, if we're just having this general discussion where we're not thinking about like, what is that exact role title? Like, what is data science more so less than like, what is a data scientist? Data science in general is like there's a lot of organizations that are wanting to do things with data to essentially like extract value from data, whether that's a prediction or whether that might be like at recognition of patterns, um, lots of different, you know, we all can know that data is useful, right? So these organizations are trying to, you know, and then there's increasingly technology that is producing more and more data. So there is data science is basically thinking about how do we effectively, how do we build systems that um, allow organizations to extract value from data? And that can be anything from like an analyst, right? That's like looking at spreadsheets and visualizations and dashboards. And that can be someone who's building machine learning models and you know, artificial intelligence, like that whole space. And it can be someone in the middle that's like just building the software infrastructure that facilitates these things. So really like it's a it's a huge umbrella term, but it's it it is a it is about that weirdness of like extracting value from data in a way that actually works for an organization in, in the real world.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a ever emerging field last I right. last I saw it's, it continues to, to be in even greater demand here in twenty twenty three. And I know my brother is a data analyst for a professional baseball team. Actually, so that's like an example people can latch onto where it's like there's so much data in Major League Baseball that they're collecting and and all this analytics to optimize strategies and assess players' ability and so that's 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 what you're driving at where these data models and data analysis can help make those decisions and that can be in all sorts of different different fields. So, so, so cool. Tell us a little bit more about the experience of getting support from the Bloom Tech team and especially in that first month, because you, you said like Mm -hmm. you started, you knew they just give it a shot. And and currently, Bloom Tech, by the way, offers this risk free, risk free, three week trial. So you can Mm -hmm. just join the organization. And that includes not just getting instruction, but it includes all the support, and you're immersed into the container, the support system, if you will, of a Bloom Tech organization. So I'm really curious about a little bit more about what it was, what the culture is like, especially in that first month, and maybe camaraderie with other students and support network from the the instructors.
1: Sure um, the well, the instruct the instructors are great. They're very practical minded. Uh, they're they're not like like deep and conceptual ideas. Like maybe a professor might be at a university. Like they probably worked as, a you know, worked in the field like a year or two before. So they're very, very practical um, and able to give you just very relevant information. Um, the camaraderie among students is is a big, big factor. And I honestly think that's like one of the major reasons why I decided to, to invest in a um, coding bootcamp as opposed to like trying to learn on my own. Um, people do not work People do not build software in the in in the industry. People do not build software alone at all. Um, that is something that I think that a lot of people outside of the industry have this misconception that like developers are coding by themselves. And that is just, just not the way it works. Um so the idea that someone would like advance their coding skill without like a, a bunch of friends to help, that sounds like very intense to me don't know many people that have succeeded in that way right so so i think that having a bunch of students that are also struggling with you and being like oh like this i found this Stack overflow article that really helped and like throwing resources at each other pair programming that is big and so there's there's like and there's multiple layers so you have like layers of like ta types like kind of like students that have more experience and then you've got your students that are like peers and then you have your instructors and the the crazy thing was though, like that's a lot of support, but like the, the almost like the student to faculty, faculty ratio, if you will, um, got even more intense when you get to the career phase. So like, you think you have a lot of support when you're learning and you do, but like when you get to the career phase, I felt like I had even more one-on-one support and that's because of probably the way that the business model works. Right. So there was, yeah. there was a lot of support. And, uh, the first month it was just like, um, these guys aren't like breathing down my neck, trying to make sure I'm finishing homework. Right. Like there aren't these like huge exams. They're, they trust me as an adult to learn what I can every day. And like we're all just in this together. And it's very confusing, but like it feels not it feels like it's like forgiving as well, which I think works well for me.
0: Yeah, I really think the, the community element is an underrated intangible value that you get when you invest in a program like this. And you know, it's great to go take a, a course on your own. Just on YouTube or Udemy or whatever, and we encourage people to do that type of stuff. But there's something I'm such a big proponent of self investment and also looking at the those intangibles. How are you going to create connections with people to not only support you and have that psychological support while you're learning to code, but also create relationships, create, I mean, create a social web of people. To go into the program with of all different stages as, as you mentioned in the program and that just feeds in to your career development as you start to to go for that first job you yep. get access to not only people in your cohort but access to alumni and it, it's this is like the name of the game in so many ways are those connections and yeah it's just that that sensation of well it's just that need to have support right I think there's I think that that lone wolf type mythology is really worth questioning and, and it's really worth emphasizing that intangible value of the community. So tell us more about that, that, that job hunt phase and that support. I know, you know Rachel Cohen is the director of the career services. I think she would have gotten started when you were, mm-hmm. when you were going through and you and I have, have, have had conversations. She's awesome. And yeah. Tell us about the, the career support and what it was like to take the skill set and, and transfer that into a presenting it and presenting it to a company for an entry-level job.
1: Sure. Um, so at that career, when I hit the career phase where you kind of like, you reluctantly say like, I feel like I maybe know enough to, like, to job yeah. search. And they're like, and then Rachel tells you, yeah, you know enough. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to job search now. And um, she was so right, but it really, it feels crazy when you first start job searching. Um, But I also started to kind of up my, up the ante in terms of like interacting and networking with alumni. And Rachel kind of put me in contact with a few different alumni. In fact, I became very close um, with one alumni in particular, and that person actually helped me get my current job. So, um, and also that, you know, like I would get help from alumni when I would get like take-homes, right? They would be like, oh, like you might want to think about X, Y, Z. And speaking to people that just got hired, um, like maybe a few months before, that was very, very helpful. So there was like the networking and community, like I was not expecting because, I don't know, like I don't know what I was expecting during the job search phase, but but I wasn't expecting like the support to go up and the community part to go up, like that part just increases mm. and uh, helps you get your job and, and like in fact what I tell people when they tell me they're trying to learn to code or when they're trying to learn anything I'm like online courses YouTube that is supplemental your first priority should be building a community around what you want to learn and like finding projects those two will actually get you there like that's the macronutrients the micronutrients mm. is like the YouTubes you know so, or the books, that's on the side, but like a lot of people go there first. And I'm like, you're going to be starving if that's what you're trying to use to learn. Right. So, but yeah, the, the, there was a, it was a lot of, um, a lot of help during the career search phase.
0: Yeah. So, so listen, y'all, there's, there's all this, there's all this value from every step, even if you have zero background and mm-hmm. plus you're, you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to the Daily Job Hunt podcast, you're in our orbit, you got all sorts of mindset juice on empowered job hunting. And so the the point here is to not underestimate your potential and your power, because you have access to so much information here in 2023, so many resources. And that's why I'm excited about, about programs like Bloom Tech, because this wasn't even an option 20 years ago, and people just had to rely on these 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 traditional institutions. And now there's just this amusement park, I like to call it, of, of options in the World Wide Web of rides to jump on to go take you to new places and have new experiences. And, and by the way, like up your, especially in this in this field, up your salary significantly. Uh so you know just check out the website for on Bloom Tech to, to seal out the, the statistics on that. So yeah, everybody, we we have the, the link in the show notes for heading to to Bloom Tech's site and getting started. And you can do the three week risk free Trial, I said it correctly, and just to hop on board. Like it's better to try and fail than to fail to try, as the great Michael Jordan said. So, any last uh, parting words of of inspiration, Taylor?
1: No, I I said it. My friends just like have friends, get friend, get learning buddies, um, and get working on projects.
0: And can people become your buddy if they want to reach out on LinkedIn?
1: They can, yes. But I (laughs) would definitely prefer a message. Give me a little bit of background. I um, I like to believe that you're a human
0: yeah seriously do those personalized customized rapport building reach out reach outs to people for sure so thanks so much for your for your time taylor really appreciate it
1: thank you so much this was lovely